Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk. Good morning, my name is Jackson, and I have Edwin here with me today. Edwin, how are you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. Wonderful. What is our text today? We're in Acts chapter 20 this week, and I'm going to be reading chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. I am reading from the English Standard Version. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. When he had gone through those regions and had given them much encouragement, he came to Greece. There he spent three months, and when a plot was made against him by the Jews, as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. So Pater the Berean, son of Pyrrhus, accompanied him, and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus, and Gaius of Derby and Timothy, and the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus. These went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. Got some things I want to look at here specifically for today, namely all these names. But before we get to that, I know Jackson, if Andrew were sitting in your seat today, and I appreciate you filling in for him, his first question would be for all our new listeners, what is this uproar? That's pointing back to something we read last week. Can you bring me up to speed on the uproar? Thank you for doing that reading, Edwin. Last week, we left off in Acts chapter 19, and at the end of that chapter, we have Paul that is in Ephesus here, and there is an uproar, um, a gathering and kind of riot that goes on because of the temple of Artemis, and Paul has stirred up some trouble uh, with some of his preaching, and the fact that the gospel has spread has impacted the um, prophets of the people that um, benefit from people worshiping there at the Temple of Artemis. Prophets, you mean money prophets. Money not, prophets, not, not, not teaching. Foretelling prophets, yeah, correct, okay. yes, the yeah. money prophets. And so the wallets of those um, vendors have been affected. So this uproar goes on, and then we pick up here, and now that that has settled back down. So he goes through that, it's settled down, and now he's telling the disciples, it's almost like, okay, you've been through the, you've been through the biggie, I think you're good, I'm moving on. And we've got some back and forth going through Macedonia and Greece, and then back to Macedonia. He spends some time in one place, and then to another, we hear about a plot that's made against him. No doubt we could spend 15 minutes talking about any one of those things, but what really grabs my attention is, is the thing that I think I can overlook. In fact, often I overlook it because I want to read through it as quickly as I can, and that's all these names. We get to these difficult names, and people struggle with names in the Bible, and folks joke around when there are scripture readings, and, oh, you, oh you've got to do the names. Oh, that's funny. And I, listen, I, I follow the advice, and I give the advice, just say it with authority, and nobody will know if you're getting it wrong. <laughs> but I'm really not wanting to focus on the names. I'm wanting to focus on what this list of names represents. When I talk about Paul's missionary journey, I usually talk about it as Paul's missionary journey. There's kind of lip service, or I know in the back of my mind that Paul wasn't by himself, that other people went with him. In fact, when we talk about Acts, you'll hear about the we sections and the and the 
he sections showing that Luke was with him. By the way, this is a we, us section. Luke is with him. But here's this list of people. Paul is not by himself. Have you thought about that as you've been reading Acts? I sure have, um, especially right here, like you said. And I I like that you noticed that Luke was there, too, so now that he's with them. And I think in the past, because we recognize them as Paul's first, second, and third missionary journeys, I do think that we tend to forget or maybe it's in the back of our head that Paul is not alone. Um, and surely we can see here that there is a whole band of people working together, a very large group of people that are trying to spread the gospel and do the work. Yeah, it's it, In this case, it's not even just two by two. Mm-hmm. I, we, we know in the past that he's gone with Barnabas or he's gone with Silas, but even with the Barnabas trip, John Mark was there for part of it. We know that with the Silas trip, they took Timothy along for part of the way. We know from Galatians, I think Titus went with them to the Jerusalem, what we often call council. There's just, there's a whole lot more going on than Paul is out just running this and running the show. He's got people with him every step of the way. At most, or excuse me, I should say at least, he usually has one with him, Barnabas, Silas, but often two, three, four, and now here a whole team, to me it just drives home again, we don't just need Paul. Lots of people look back at Paul, Jackson. So, so okay, let, let's do this. I'm going to try not to put you on the spot. But Jackson, you're working with us here among the Christians that meet on Livingston Avenue. We often refer to this as an internship or a training program or whatever kind of words people put out there about this relationship we have going. You're here with us over the summer. You're trying to see what we do as preachers of the gospel and whether that's the the way you should be spending your life. Yes. But as you look forward to the potential of living your life as a gospel preacher... Who in the Bible often comes up of, oh, if I'm a gospel preacher, here's who I'm supposed to be like? Paul. Paul. Why why is that? Uh, It's because of his, I would say, his powerful personality. Okay. And the fact that he's such, uh, he's very authoritative. He's very, like, he has a leadership mindset. He's a go-getter. All of this kind of drives his work that we see in the scriptures, I think. So we, we look at Paul and we see so much of him. So much. He's everywhere. I mean, we know Peter. Even among the 12, we know Peter, we know a little bit about John because of the letters that he wrote in the Revelation and the Gospel. Maybe some about Matthew because some stories told about him and attributing to him the first of those four Gospels at the beginning of our New Testament. But let's just face it, other than Jesus, Paul most dominates the New Testament. And it's just easy for us to say, Paul, Paul's what we need. We need more Pauls. Boy, if I could just be Paul, that would be the way to be. And yet even Paul couldn't do any of this on his own. What did Paul need? Help. And and who did he get that help from? From various disciples, like right here in Acts, we can see other people of different backgrounds, um, from different cultures. I mean, I really like here that it talks about those that are Asians and those that are from different areas from all around. If you want to revisit the text there, yeah, we, we can even name it. So Peter from uh, the Berean. Remember, the Bereans, of course, were those who were more noble-minded. Uh, but we do have some some of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus. You've got from Derby Gaius. And if you remember, Timothy was, of course, from Derby Lystra area. So we're, we're recognizing a connection there. Among the Asians, you've got Tychicus. 
Tychicus and Trophimus. And so these folks are, all, he's, he's been picking up people all the way along. That's fascinating to me. He didn't start with his team from Antioch and said, this is it. He's, he's constantly looking out for folks. You can be a part of this. There, there's work for you to do. And he's been picking these folks up as he goes on his way. And we know so little of all of these. Of, of this list, Timothy is one that we probably know the most about. Paul wrote two letters to Timothy. We have some other mentions of him. He's mentioned in uh, the Hebrew sermon letter, however you want to look at that. He's mentioned in some other places. We see him specifically described earlier in these missionary journeys as the one who had a mother who was Jewish and a father who was a Greek, so Paul circumcised him. We don't know a whole lot about these other fellows. Aristarchus, some of these guys get mentioned in some of the letters and some of the greetings and the uh, and the farewells on those letters. We have Gaius, who is apparently connected, or at least there was a Gaius, I think, connected with Corinth. And so we, we see some of these folks, but we know so little about them, and yet they are integral parts of this work. Why do you think it takes more than one person to be able to do this work, Jackson? That's a great question. I think when we look at this and we see Paul's very authoritative leadership mindset, you know, this go-getter, have you ever tried to get multiple of those types of personalities together (laughs) in one room? Uh, Being somebody who's kind of has that um, choleric mindset myself, that personality of being the go-getter, being the leader, If you try to get many of those people together, often there's a lot of butting of heads and clashing, um, (laughs) mostly from my end. Uh, So I think mm, when we look here... I wouldn't know. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Are you... uh, peaceful flagmanic you too easy going. I am just easy yeah. going. I don't ever That's get worked right. up about anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. just it's just nice and easy here. But go ahead. You go yeah. ahead. You okay. go get her. All right. So, um you take a look here and see this list. I'd say it's safe to say that these are not all powerful choleric personalities. These are not people that are all budding heads. These are people that come from all different backgrounds. These are people with different personalities, different contributions to the work that's going around. And I think that's really what it takes when we when we think of the body of Christ, when we think of the church. There has to be different people with different special talents and different backgrounds to get all of the work done. You've used a word a couple of times that may not be familiar, and that's the word choleric. And you also use the word phlegmatic. Now, I'm familiar with those terms, so I know what you're talking about there. So when you talk about yourself as a choleric or maybe Paul as a choleric or uh, what – Give me a quick rundown. What what do you mean about that? All right. So part of this summer program we've been talking about briefly, um, one of the books that I've read is Personality Plus. Hmm. And it's a study of uh, four different ways to break down the different personalities of people. And so there's four personalities mentioned in the book. There's the popular sanguine, which is kind of the life of the party, heartthrob, kind of very fun going person. There's the powerful choleric, which is the leader, the go-getter, the very determined and motivated type. Then there is the uh, melancholy, the perfect melancholy, the kind of perfectionist, very analytical, methodical, uh, that type of personality. And then finally, there's the peaceful phlegmatic, which, of course, that's what we know you are, uh, which I'm winking <laughs> you, uh, you. at you from no, across the No, I didn't from see the, the wink. Here. You're, you're right. absolutely right. I am so peaceful. So, it's just not even Very funny. easygoing. So yeah. these are the four basic personality types. And so that's what I mean when I say choleric or melancholy or phlegmatic. Okay. So I, I had heard of that before. And, of course, I knew that Andrew had to read that. 
that book. I love that book, and I, I love to, to read a lot of those. I know folks today are getting really into something called the Enneagram. That one for me, I just have to tell you, is so complex. It's hard for me to get, but I know lots of people are enjoying that one. But the personalities, I, I know some psychologists would tell you that the whole personality idea is just bunk. It's just doesn't matter which plan you use. It's, ah, it's just not true. People are what people are. And yet, my own experience when I've read those things is I can start picking people out and saying, well, yeah, you, you have a lot of this. Now, it's not to say that a person doesn't have free will. You know, hey, I have a personality and I can't act against my personality. But it does just help us kind of understand where people are. And I think it does show how people fit together and why it would take more than one to work together. Choleric, melancholy, phlegmatic, um, sanguine, get them all four in there. These are not Bible terms. There's no place in the Bible that says, oh, look, people have these kind of personalities. However, there is a passage that I think demonstrates something similar to this, and that's in Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, when Paul is talking about the body, he says in verse, let's see here, beginning in verse 4, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Here is this indication that everybody has different abilities, different gifts, different personality. I mean, even here we've got teacher and exhorter. Those things are very similar. Those are both spoken gifts, the ability to speak. What's the difference between the person who can speak and is a teacher and the person who can speak and is an exhorter? I think you're looking at the personality. What's the attitudinal makeup that, that drives one person to be more about here's the information, here's the teaching, here's the details versus the other one that here's the encouragement, here's the application, here's the exhortation. Very similar but we've got some distinct personality. I'm looking at you. I feel like you got something to add. Please do. Sure. Um, yes. So I feel like people may see Paul and they may feel discouraged on the inside and may say, well, I'm not a Paul. I'm not that type who's very outspoken and very um, extroverted is the word I was looking for. Extroverted. And so people can feel those feelings of insecurity and discouragement because they don't have that personality. But like this passage you just read in Romans chapter 12, be assured and be confident that no matter who you are and what personality you have, God can use that for the betterment of his kingdom. He can use that to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If there's one thing I want us to see just from this list, it's just this list of names, is that we need more than Paul. We need the Sopaters. We need the Aristarchuses. We need the Secunduses. We need the Gaiuses, the Timothys, the Tychicuses. Can I say that? The Trophimuses? <laughs> we, we need all of those people. And so we invite you to be a part of God's plan. You don't have to be Paul. I mean, if you're Paul, that's great. But you don't have to be Paul. We'd love to hear from you. What are you learning? What what encouragement are you getting from the text? Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Jackson, close us out with a prayer, please. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful to you for another opportunity to open your word and study from the book of Acts. Lord, as we look here in Acts chapter 20 and we see Paul and his work and all the wonderful contributors to the gospel and its furtherment and it being spread across the world, Lord, we are just so thankful that you are able to use us no matter who we are, no matter 
where we're from, what type of personality we have, what our strengths and weaknesses are, that you can use us and you can mold us as your servants to work in your kingdom diligently. So, Father, we pray that you would help us to understand our role in the kingdom. Pray that you would mold us and make us into the servants you would will us to be so that we can better serve you and spread the gospel of Jesus. It is through his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Wait.